By this time next year, you could have 10x your income and or your savings. So in today's episode, we're going to dive into your money spending and money making activities and look at how you can create more life improving assets in your life. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Fast Forward with Amy show, the show where we lift your life and business with simple strategies. I'm Fast Forward with Amy, your host and coach, and I'll bring you a new episode every Tuesday. I don't know about you, but at the end of the year, I really like reflecting about my past year. But in the past, whenever I did that, I was always really sad and disappointed that I hadn't accomplished as much as I had wanted to accomplish by the end of the year. I remember at one point I had set a goal of making 20,000 euros a month by the end of the year. And I think it only was like two years later when I actually hit that or that I wanted a team and then it was a year later. And I used to be really slow in getting things done. But over the years, I really improved my habits, improved my focus and goals and ways of achieving those things. And I have decided to share with you how I have done those things, but also how my clients have really drastically improved their life and their business. And the way I'm doing that is with a four part series to really like close off and start the new year with you namely the habit series and today is part one of that series and today we're going to be talking about money habits this is episode 108 of the fast forward amy show and that means that if you go to fastforwardamy.com you can find the article with all of the different tips and links and resources i might discuss in this episode about a year ago i also recorded an episode about finances so that might be useful to go and listen to after this But right now, I want (laughs) to kind of like help you reset your money habits for the new year. Because I know better than many people what it's like to have no money, to know that you haven't improved, you haven't saved, you're still at the same spot you were last year. And if you want to make sure that by this time next year, you're not in that same spot anymore, we got to start today. So that's what we're going to be doing in this episode. And I don't have a fixed order for this. I just, what I have in my mind, and you see I have a piece of paper here as well. What I have in my mind is more like I really want to talk to you if you are someone who feels like they are stuck in their personal finances because you might be, for example, living by yourself, spending a lot of money on rent, feeling like at the end of the month, like there's too much month left at the end of your bank account and like you... um can't afford to go out at the end of the month or you're really like not in a position to invest in yourself. On the other hand, it might be that you are more comfortable personally, but in your business, you feel like you're not really like increasing. You're not being able to invest in leveling up because you're stuck. Basically, we're going to talk about being stuck with your money and how to change that. We're going to both look at making more money as well as saving more money. I usually don't talk a lot about saving money because I want people to focus on making money, which is also the first tip I'm going to give you is, yeah, you can budget. Yeah, you can do all of those things. But it's also nice to focus that that energy on creating more instead of on like doing less. So that's why I love looking at making more money as like a way to focus your energy towards. Um, or a path to focus your energy on. But um, I do think in order to make more money, you kind of have to be able to control what's going out as well in terms of cash flow. So uh, my first tip is if you want to be more financially comfortable, make sure you are making more money. Easy as that, but I don't think I had to tell you that. But it might be uh, something you could look at right now if you are feeling like you're not getting by, um, maybe look at one night a week where you can make some extra cash, but then also, of course, look at what you are doing with that extra cash. 
long story short, the whole being stuck situation I was just talking about, um, I get that that's really frustrating because I remember thinking at one point, like, hey, the money I'm going to be making now with like working um, my side hustle, I guess, student when I was still uh, studying or in high school, high school isn't going to get me the down payment for an apartment or something later on. So I always kind of thought initially that saving was kind of stupid. But if you consistently save up money and you create a buffer, it doesn't necessarily allow you to then buy a house with that buffer. But what it does do is it gets you out of the poor man's problem. And the poor man's problem is one of the first things I want to talk about today. The poor man's problem is where you are always stuck in this vicious cycle and you always have to choose the option that's going to put you into even more trouble. And an example of that could be always choosing payment plans that are way more expensive than if you would just buy something in one time. So an example of that could be um, getting a new car and getting that new car in a bunch of smaller payments with a really high interest rate. It might be better to not get the new car, to not um, pay so much more for getting the car, but buy, for example, a secondhand car, or just not buy the car and make sure you are saving up so that you're not losing money by making that decision. The poor man's problem is that, for example, your laptop breaks because you had a shady laptop and then you have to buy a new laptop, but you don't have enough money to buy a new laptop. So then you buy another really shady laptop and then that will break again and you are stuck. It's really important to realize when stuff like that is happening so that you can pull yourself out of it. Which brings me to my next point, which is, um, I think my parents' generation is called the boomer generation. Is that true? The boomers? Yeah, the boomers. <laughs> and I know that I've heard a lot of like my friends' parents and my own parents say that back in the days when you bought a house, you just didn't go on any trips for a few years. Or when you did a certain big thing, like get a kid, then you would just not go on a vacation. And we, I'm going to say we millennials... <laughs> We feel like we need to have it all, all the time, because that's what social media tells us. So what has happened in a big part of our lives is we have not been taught the concept of delayed gratification, which I personally really, really love. Um, and it has to do with the fact that we just see other people getting everything, and we feel like we also need to be able to get everything all the time. And that, um, well... What the consequence of that is that people will buy a car because it will look really good or because they have a friend that got that car or someone they follow online, but they're actually not able to pay for that or they buy the car, but then they have absolutely nothing left. And if the car then has like, is in an accident or something needs to be repaired, they can't pay for the reparations. That's how you get into the poor man's problem cycle, by the way. Um, Delayed gratification is, I think, something really good to teach your kids, for example. Although, I mean, I can't give advice on raising kids uh, since I don't have any uh, kids myself. Uh, I feel like it's always really difficult to talk about that. Like, you can't really get a, give advice on that. But I still feel like teaching your kids about money is one of the biggest gifts you could give your children. And delayed gratification is one of those. If you always give them what they want, they will never really learn what it's like to wait for something or to work for something and to have that gratification of them like looking forward to it. It's something that we have like untaught ourselves too. And it could be that, for example, you, um, let's say you're 22, you're just living by yourself. You just graduated, you got your first job and you love looking pretty. So every month you get your hair done, you get your nails done. You also buy a new purse and all of that is really cool and fun and games. 
but it also means that you have no money left at the end of the month and you might come into a situation at a certain point where you need to start borrowing money from people. By the way, I know this might offend some people this episode and I am definitely not cover covering everything in this episode. It's impossible. That would mean I have to create like a course about money or finances. You might feel offended. That's fine. You might learn something. That's great. Uh, you might think this is shit. Then you can turn off the episode, obviously. Um, I just... I'm trying to imagine like being stuck in a situation and how we can get you out of that stuck situation if you're open to it, okay? So what's happening there is that your friends might all get their nails done, but getting your nails done costs anywhere between like 35 to 60 euros and you need to get that done like every two to three weeks, which is a really high cost. Um, and let's assume, assume that on average you pay 80 euros a month for your nails alone and you are making let's say you are making 1,700 a month. That means that 5% of your income every month is going to your nails, which disappears after those three weeks, right? Now, I don't know if you've heard about the concept of assets versus liabilities, but assets are things that make you money and liabilities are things that cost you money. Assets is like real estate. You buy real estate and in the end you could rent it and you can make more money from it, assuming everything goes according to plan. A liability is, for example, a new car, because the moment you drive a car out of the garage, when you go and pick up your new car, it devalues instantly. Like 20% of the value is just gone the moment you drive it out of the garage. Liability is also a boat. Boats cost you money. It's, it would be very rare for you to buy a boat that will actually make you money in the long run. Assets, um, an old-timer car, classic car, could be an asset, but also highly like fluctuating on the market. So as of today, I'm not even sure old-timer uh, or classic cars are an asset, but an asset could also be something really personal for you. So this is not like, this is not what accountants are going to say. This is me telling you this. When you are stuck with your money and you're so deep into it that you're, you feel like I can't eliminate anything anymore because I have the Netflix subscription and the phone bill and the internet bill and I get my nails done, and my hair done, you might feel like those are all non-negotiables. It's time to revisit what your non-negotiables are. Because if we look at, and the Netflix, and the the fitness subscription, and the hair, and all the things, and, and blah, 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 and the new clothes, and the going out, let's face it, we just have too much spending and not enough income to cover all of that. And it might be the same in your business. You might just be spending too much and making too little. So the concept I want to look at here is... You could also look at personal assets versus personal liabilities. A personal liability is, for example, getting your nails done every three weeks because it disappears. The value disappears. A personal asset could be that fitness subscription if you're using it because you are making yourself stronger and it is life improving. So the definition I want to use here is life improving versus disappearing maybe. So um, another shirt from H&M, it's probably gonna um, look like crap after a month or having washed it three times and it's gonna be disappearing. So it might not really be life improving to buy another black shirt. Let's face it, you have enough black t-shirts in your closets, or at least I do. <laughs> uh, what could be life improving again could be healthy food and you choose to invest some of your money there because you feel like, you know, that is life improving because it helps me focus more. I feel more healthy. I have more energy. I can actually even go and make more money because I feel better. 
Uh, I feel better in my skin. I have to go to the doctor's list. I don't need all of these medical bills. All of that, it's life improving. So I don't even know if this is a concept just in the world, but I feel like the concept of personal assets versus liabilities and looking at what is life improving is really, really valuable. What you could also do is find a middle way. Maybe you love having really pretty nails and that is really important to you. I know it's really important to me, so I totally get that. But just know that we are living in a society where it's normalized that you have it all and you have it all right now. And that is not normal. That is not how you get to build that life. And when you look at people who are really rich, chances are years and years, they didn't spend all of that money. Let's take doctors, for example. Doctors have to go to university for a really long time. Then they have residency and they don't get paid a lot right? It's like lawyers. They also have like years and years of like not like barely scraping by and then they have kids and like it's just barely scraping by. Often the partner kind of like makes sure that they are actually um, surviving as a family. That often happens with like doctors, lawyers. But later in their life, they make a lot of money because they sacrificed a lot in the beginning. And that's kind of like what Gary Vee said is like eat shit for five years, eat caviar for the rest of your life. And Despite the fact that I also disagree with some of the things gurus like Gary Vee and others say, I do enjoy that quote. I feel a little bit double about it because I don't necessarily like the whole millionaires by 30 and work, work yourself into the ground mindset. Like, please don't die by 30 in order to become a millionaire. But also do realize that if you want to create more for yourself, you're probably going to have to change something. And that might just mean spending less. One of the easiest way to save more money, to have more money, is just by not spending it. And yeah, that could mean you create a budget. That could mean that um, if you feel like your finances are getting out of control, step one is look at your bank account. I know so many people don't look at your at their bank account, but please do look at your bank account. Please keep track of everything you spend in a month to see how much you're spending. I remember doing that and being really surprised at how much birthday parties were costing me. Just gifts for people were costing me a lot. And I remember at a certain point then like buying presents in bulk because I was like, okay, apparently this is this like hundred euro expense column in my month that I'm not taking into account. But let's say you are spending 100 euros on gifts or dinners with friends for their birthdays. You're making 1,700 a month. Again, that's 6% of your income you're spending there. So the nails and the birthday presents alone are more than 10% of your income. You could do your nails yourself and you could also find a different way to give gifts or I don't know. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't give gifts to people. But I'm just saying... Be mindful of where all the money is going. And I remember being very surprised. You know, we all know rent and food cost, kind of. Or at least I hope you do. But then gifts, dinners, medical stuff, the hairdresser. Um, just stuff like that that doesn't happen every week. But it does happen on average every month. Um, it adds up more than you think. So I think one of the first steps is really keeping track of where your money is going so that you then also know that you might think this is my non-negotiable, but you might actually be having a lot of non-negotiables in your life. You might want to scale that down a bit because unpopular opinion, if you want to get out of that vicious cycle where you want to go to a new apartment, but you can't because you're paying too much for your current apartment, but you can't afford the down payment on the next apartment, that's the poor man's problem that you're in right there. So it will mean you have to sacrifice some stuff for a while. And that could mean sacrificing things you're used to buying and spending less. Or it could mean sacrificing some of your time and energy to go and 
make more. By this time next year, you could have 10 extra income or 10 extra savings if you start doing that today. And that means you need to know where you are at first off. So know what's in your bank account and what's not and know where your money is going, know what's coming in. So really facts and keep track of it for like three months and then you will be a lot wiser. And then I think what's, yeah, one of the biggest things, two big things are not being yourself first. I've talked about this principle before, but Hey, this is a really quick interruption with a surprise for you. I promise you're gonna love this. I was just in a conversation, actually a power hour, with a client in my mastermind, and we were going through her strategy of how to scale her six-figure business to seven figures this year. And I asked her what she wanted, and she said, yeah, I want a million, but I also want more time with my kids. I want to stop working evenings, and I want to have more energy for what I love doing. And I said, okay, no problem. Let's list out all of your targets. We did exactly that. And then we got to work on the key elements she needs in order to grow her six figure business to a seven figure business this year. And I applied my million methods. Now we worked on this for a little bit over an hour. And at the end I was like, well, this was really valuable. Why don't I put this into a training to share with my audience? And as you are here on a podcast, I want to offer this to you for free. Now know that working with me costs 10k for a day. The fact that I'm offering this to you for free is quite a glitch and I am going to delete this after a while. So if you want my million method training, there is only one way you can access it. It's by going to my Instagram, Fast Forward Amy, and DMing me the word method. If you do that, I'm going to send you my quick 24-minute training where I map out exactly how you can grow your online business from six to seven figures this year. So go to my Instagram, Fast Forward Amy, DM me the word method, and I'm going to send you the link to this really, really exclusive video training. Okay, bye! If you are going to wait for your mood or for the situation to be perfect to save money, it's never going to happen. So I would suggest you um, look at, well, there's this book, The Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, I really like the book. It's really small and short. And it just talks about basically if you save 10% of your income, you can still get by at 90% of your income. And I used to be a little bit offended by that because I was like, but I'm not making any money. I don't have any money. Um because I was still in school when I read it. Um, But I also knew I really wanted to change my relationship with money. So when I read it, there's this whole storyline about how you can make, or how you can do the same with just 90% of your income instead of 100% of your income. It's kind of like the 80-20 rule, I suppose. So what you could do um, when you have a paycheck coming from a boss or from yourself or whatever, you know on average how much is coming in every month, you can choose to automatically redirect 10% of that at the beginning of the month when the money is coming in to a different account you don't see. That's one of the easiest ways to build up a buffer over the years. Now, if you save 30 euros every month, that means that you would only be saving 360 euros a year. But over time that will add up and it will add up, might not be the down payment for your house, but it might be a really good financial buffer for when you get sick all of a sudden, or you need to buy a piece of furniture or someone in your family is struggling. I don't know what it is, but even having 360 euros set aside is better than having no euros set aside. By choosing to save before you spend, you're also gonna create this um, 
self-respect situation for yourself where you, instead of getting really psyched about that new purse of 30 euros you might have bought in this like uh, fast fashion store, you choose to gamify this for yourself and you choose what you can create more of for your future. Choosing your future self over your today self is really, really powerful in that aspect. And sometimes the easiest way to do that is just by making sure the money goes um, before you start spending instead of looking at how much do I have left to spend. Because first off, that's just not gonna work because you might not have any money left over. You might be like, oh, but this time I need to buy Christmas presents. I'm sure if you look at the money right now, you have reserved for Christmas presents or you might not have it you put 10% of that aside, you could still make do with that other budget for all of the presents. The 10% isn't gonna make the difference for your spending, but it is gonna make the difference for your saving. Um, so that's the one thing, is the saving first. Um, why do I feel weird talking about that? Because I also don't like the whole couponing and like overly budgeting. I don't even like having a budget too much because I feel like most people's energy just goes towards scarcity then and not abundance. So I'm like, get your shit together in what you spend and then go and make money. That's my uh, my instinct. But in order to make money, you gotta have a really good relationship with money. And that's the second thing I wanted to talk about is I was recently in a situation where a few people close to me were sitting, like we were drinking, <laughs> surprise. And um, there was some talk about money and I just heard a lot of negativity. I, was, I heard, I can't afford that. I don't have the money for that. Um, um, yeah, that's for rich people. And I heard a bunch of those things and I literally had to bite my tongue to not say anything. And I was thinking like, holy shit, that's a really bad relationship with money. And if you hate money, money is gonna hate you right back. Your self-talk with money does a lot. I've recorded things on Money Mindset before. I will record them again. I just want you to start paying attention to how you talk about money and realize that when you are so negative about money, there isn't gonna come, like positivity isn't gonna flood back to you. So for example, um, let's see, there's this, uh, I think it's Japanese or Vietnamese, I don't remember, but there's this concept of thanking your money when you spend money. So instead of being like, holy shit, this is a lot in the grocery store when you plug your card into the, the machine, you can thank your money and it's called arigato is the, the saying. You can be like, thank you money. I think it's like, thank you for everything you do for me. Now, personally for me, I have a lot of bills in the business especially. And sometimes that really scares me. And sometimes I'm like, holy shit, I need to like pay the wages. Right? kidding, I don't even do that, someone does that actually, I'll be too late when I do that. But sometimes when I do have to do the payments myself, I it would be really easy for me to feel resentful towards the fact that I have to spend that money. But I never transfer any money or spend any money feeling resentful. And this might sound really woo-woo to you, but I really think if I would do that and I would hate my money, then that money would really hate me back. So when I, for example, um, pay the wages for everyone on my team, I think, wow, it's so incredible that this money allows me to work with these amazing people and we get so much done together. Instead of being like, ah, this is costing so much because that will kind of like, you will infuse your money with that, you will infuse people with that. And sometimes I'll choke a little bit about things that cost money. And obviously I'm not like, let's just spend it all because that would be bad business behavior but I am fairly chill about money. I think I can look at my team. I'm fairly chill. If they want to buy balloons, they can buy balloons. <laughs> um, 
of course, everything needs to be balanced. But for you too, when you're saying, I can't afford that, maybe switch to, I choose not to buy that. I choose not to buy a new car because I'm saving up money. I choose not to spend money on that. Or um, just not, I can't. Because then your brain will just always hear, I can't, I can't, I can't. And we want to hear, I choose. Because creating options in your life is is like the definition of freedom. And that's what we want to create here. So... Um, yeah, I think I've, I've said a lot here. Basically, I think if you would set some targets for yourself, both for saving as well as for earning, you would be surprised as to how much you can change in the upcoming year. You can set, you can start saving up for a vacation. You can start saving up for like your rainy day fund or like your emergency fund. What I've done in the past is create a buffer where I've worked until I hit a thousand euros and I could put that in an envelope and literally put that in my bedroom because it made me feel safe and like there was abundance in my life because I was used to not having any money. Um, And just by doing these small things, by having control over your money, by knowing what's going out, knowing what's coming in, you can also start looking at saving more and creating more. What you measure is what what you know is what a lot of people say. I am a firm believer in what you know is what you can increase. So that means if you don't know about your money, you're not going to be making more money. But if you know, no matter how dire the situation is, you will enable yourself to start creating more or saving more and really setting your priorities straight. So look at your financial situation today. Look at the past year. Maybe look at like how you've spent money. I know a lot of people don't use cash anymore. So maybe you can just look at your bank account and look at like... What have your expenses been these past two months? Take that with you into your end of year or end of quarter analysis and look at, okay, for my next quarter, I want to not do that anymore or start saving up or whatever. Like I bought, it wasn't for money reasons, but I bought this whole set myself so I could do my nails. And it has definitely saved me a lot of money by doing my nails myself. Now, I really like going to the salon and getting pampered. And it's something I can afford to do right now. But I used to not be able to afford it. Um, And I also just realized, like, for me, it's not worth that. It's not worth spending so much money on that every month because it's money I'm never getting back. So look at your personal assets, your personal liabilities. What is life improving versus what is disappearing? And look at maybe just create a shift of 100 euros. Make 100 more and save 100 more. Like, spend less. That's going to create a massive shift in your life already. And I think you can probably you'll probably notice that it's going to be really freeing to not always be in debt anymore and to start seeing more in your life because more is more is more. (laughs) Okay, I hope you liked this episode and I have a really special surprise for you because we are doing these uh, end of year episodes where we look at your money habits, your time management habits, your health habits and your business habits. We have also created a really special workbook for you that you can print out and it is our success habits workbook. It's a full principle where we'll look at your top three money habits for the upcoming uh, months. For example, for your next three months, we will look at um, setting intentions, setting goals or targets, and how you can make sure you will actually accomplish all of that through the 80-20 formula. So go to fastforwardsamy.com forward slash success habits if you're interested. I'm not saying I'm the the guru on habits because I have a lot of bad habits, (laughs) but I do know I'm always trying to improve myself as I go and I think you are like that too. So go and check it out. You can find the link in the description. Go and Uh, download it, print it out, and uh, let's work on the best version of you in the new year. Have a happy day and uh, talk to you next week. Bye!